So over the last few weeks, as you know, we have been, we've been having our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it's been a fantastic time, it's been a challenging time, but yet God is good through all of this, and Martin brilliantly opened up for us, and Steve and Tony, thank you, and Alana, you were the week before preparing us, which is outstanding for me, it's such a joy to have other people that can share this pulpit and preach with such anointing and gifting, but Martin dropped that line, do not waste your fast. Now the fast's over. I want to say, don't waste your life. Don't waste the rest now. Okay, if we set these things in place, and you've you've really felt, I think, you know, as you 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 you're fasting, as Tony explained on the Wednesday night of the men's meeting so beautifully, it's like all your desires and and what you look after and what you think you need are like these bubbles inside of your soul, and they actually slowly deplete and they deflate as you realize that you actually don't need some of these things and the joy of drawing into what God is fulfills you and the desire of Jesus actually satisfies you. And it's a beautiful transition that starts taking place in your hearts as you fast. And, uh, but I, I want to just say, keep seeking the Lord out. Okay, don't know we've given a tilt now for Feb and uh, it's March, we can chill out a bit. Okay, there's a different rhythm there. I really believe that the rhythms that you've set in place that you continue those rhythms and continue pressing in because, you know, God doesn't hide. He doesn't hide from you. Okay, He hides for you. And maybe this last week that you haven't been fasting as we have been, you've maybe felt, oh, Flip, it doesn't feel the same. There's a little bit of a, He's hiding for you because He wants you to keep pressing in. And as you keep pressing in, you will continually be satisfied. As Jesus says in the John, at the end of John 4, He says, the, my food is to do the will of the Father. That's what satisfied him. My food is to do the will of the Father, to live in that position. And I want to say, keep coming to the Lord. I had a little moment yesterday afternoon. We had the fun run with the kids in the morning at the school, running through the streets of Kirstenhof, doing all sorts of things. Come home in the afternoon, we're just chilling. We set the kids up, doing all their different stuff. And Aiden comes walking into the room. Now, tears. Now, clearly, something's happened. Because he's sitting in my man cave, and we've positioned them so that we can chill. Very clever, hey? And uh, I positioned position him with a man with a, a chair, iPad, because he needed to charge it, so he'd sit next to a plug, and what 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 He comes in, and he goes, crying. Now I know something's wrong. He's like, oh, 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 He's like, not telling me. I said, the iPad fell, and the screen is cracked. No, 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 no. He's like, no, no. I said, come, let's go and have a look. Okay? Now, <laughs> his first response is that he didn't want to take ownership. He wanted to try and make it go away. Okay, when I walked in the man cave, the iPad was lying on a couch in the corner there. This morning, I noticed early, one of my golf clubs was like lifted out. He was scheming. He was scheming to try and somehow make this thing go away. It can't, it can't possibly be that. Do something else to make it disappear. Okay. And luckily, it was the other iPad, not this one. So I don't really care. It's like, but anyway, no, it's fine. Okay, but he was trying to fix it. He was trying to make it go away, but he had to eventually confess. He had to eventually say, I'm sorry. And grace to me, I didn't lose the plot, because it's very easy to lose the plot over a spilt glass of milk sometimes with our kids. And he said, sorry, but we do exactly the same with our Father in heaven. Now we're not fasting. You maybe don't feel as close. Maybe things are happening in your life. You try and sweep it away. You try and cover it up. You try and fix it in your own strength. You try and play it down or forget it never even happened and you just carry on. It doesn't go away. The iPad's lying and I'm broken. 
the journey that we talk through him now, it's okay, but there's consequences now. You can't play with it anymore because it's broken. So it's the same with our lives, how we approach the Father. Don't let things fester. Just deal with it. And I think some of us, you know, these kids, Ilana speaks about, they've all got a, they don't actually, they don't have a perception of what a father's like. So immediately what we do is we put the father in heaven into that category. He's just not even close. He's not even close. And only when you've got a revelation of the father through the son, Jesus, can you approach him. And just approach him. Confess. Just keep an open confession before him at his place. Because it says, I love this psalm in Psalm 30 verse 4. It says, sing praises to the Lord. O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. That's true. That is our Father. Don't let these things just confess. Get before him. Get before him. Get before him. And just own it. And see the freedom that comes as he just washes your soul and he sets you free from those things. That's the, that's the power that Jesus has done for us. And I think last Sunday was a very powerful meeting. From the get-go, it was powerful. It felt for me like a people that had really consecrated themselves for a season. And we see this in the Bible over and over again. The people came and they consecrated themselves. And the priests performed their temp- the duties in the temple and the glory fell. And the priests couldn't perform their duties. Now, what happened the following week? We don't know in the Bible. But they had to keep going. And it's a good test. You see, this morning maybe wasn't all, wow, it's different from what's what's going on here. Keep going. Keep pressing in. Be faithful. Don't look to be be, uh, entertained. I know we don't look there. Don't look for the experience. Look to Jesus. And he will fall and fulfill and satisfy. And we keep pressing in. I think there was such a beautiful manifestation as we respond with pure hearts. There was a manifestation of the presence. Um, His power was manifest here. There's evidence of being one. Um, The word was preached in power. There were signs and wonders and healings took place here in our meeting. You know? I mean, who was prayed for last week and there was a measure of healing in your body as we prayed for you? Yeah, there was a a few people that I prayed for. And stuff, there was a measure of healing. Now, we have to keep believing that. Because Tony superbly preached about by his stripes. Now, Peter says, we are healed. We are healed. And we can live from that place. Was that the that psalm, our proverb this morning? To have a body that, but you're, you're, that glowing with health. And your bones that vibrate. I like that, eh? I'm vibrating right now. You know, that's another thing. You actually do all give a, vib- a vibration of sound, actually, off your bodies. Okay? Yeah. So this last month was a focus on kingdom. That 21-day booklet was a focus on the kingdom of God. And, you know, as I said, the guys preached superbly through that. But understanding and remembering now, the kingdom of God is what you have been invited into. Okay? When you surrender your lives to the king of all kings, Jesus, he has invited you into his kingdom. Before salvation, all those young men and women that have laid their life before God on Friday afternoon, they are now part of the kingdom. They've got much to learn about the kingdom, but their, 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 their citizenship changed. They are now part of something, and they couldn't see it before. When Jesus said to Nicodemus, he says, you, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. They couldn't see it. But now their eyes have been opened. Actually, more, their hearts have been opened. 
And now they can see, and they will grow on a journey to see what this kingdom is. See, if you don't, aren't saved, you don't see it. And through salvation, the kingdom's mysteries are revealed to you. And the revelation of this kingdom established on earth starts unfolding in your life. It's not a quick fix, wham, boom, there it is. It's a revelation that unfolds in your life as you walk through it. Okay. And the thing I was just thinking about this morning is I was praying that the kingdom, you see the foundation of the kingdom is a value system. It's a value system. It's a, there's a system that we operate from that's a base from what we live from and how we do it. And that there's a language to the kingdom that forms our culture. And we become part of this body, people, bride that advances the kingdom. And the kingdom was advanced on Friday afternoon or Friday morning. It was advanced. That's what it is. We're taking ground. Okay? And it's very, very powerful. And in these next couple of weeks, I'm just going to paint a picture for us of what God has been saying to us as a body over the last year and leading us as a church to this point where we've got things like he's been saying to us, I'm setting you apart. You know, he's been speaking through Isaiah 42 about um, I share my glory with no other, but now realizing he has shared his glory with all of us. Okay? And what he's calling us to be as a people, what he's asking us to step up to in this season and what we're doing. And I, and I feel that part of that, this whole first fruits thing of, of being a house of prayer. My Lord the Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. My father's house will be called a house of prayer. And there's a key foundation in that. You know, we've spoken to that so many, many times and walking into this. But we want to keep walking in the favor and the blessing that God has for us as a people. But it requires one thing. One thing. Obedience. Obedience to the will of the Father over your life. And what he's saying to us as a people that we respond to that. Now you can feel obedience. You immediately feel, oh, I haven't done enough. It's not, it's not that. It's not like it's, you've been disobedient. Now you've got to be obedient. I want to speak into that this morning a little bit. And as Tony was speaking last week, I really, I really felt to speak into this because there are these two verses we'll read this morning. John 5, 19 and John 8, 28. Where we'll read them now. But basically it says Jesus was saying to the Pharisees that he's talking to, I don't do anything until I, what I see what the Father does. And that's crucial. Because there's a, there's a teamwork there. There's a partnership. There's a co-working together. I'm just running on your own agenda. And we'll read those passages now. But I just want to <laughs> allude to a few days in January. I, I went, to, went, went away. I've never done this before. But I wanted to go away on my own just to pray and to be with God. Because I really feel this year is significant for us as a body, what God's got in store for us. So kindly somebody lent us their flat in Manus. And I thought, here we go. I'm going to go spend two, three days on my own. Now, I'm quite an administrational kind of guy, okay? So I want to make sure, in my heart, I'm thinking, don't squander this moment. Make sure you get everything. You wring that rag out of these few days. You take everything away from this time. I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to put my phone aside. And God, I want to encounter you. Man, I want to be prostrate and angels are in that room. I want it all. And I will organize my diary in such a way while I'm there that from 9 to 10 I'll pray, from 10 to 11 I'll worship, from 11 to 12 I'll do this, and I have everything in all. So I know I don't miss every opportunity. And I'm like, it's, it's from a good place, it really is. It's not kind of out of duty to try and get something from God. I'm just hungry for Him. And I felt as I get there, um, it's a beautiful place, wandering around, and it's right on the beach. So I went and sat down uh, right on the Sunday afternoon, it's early Jan, about the 10th, 11th of January. 
and arrive there on the beach and I'm sitting there on the rocks and I'm watching the waves and the tide is coming in, man, it's powerful. And I say to God, okay, I don't want all these, your grace is like wave after wave, your love is like the ocean stuff, okay, I get all that, I want some meat, yeah, don't give me all that, you know, I know that stuff. And he says to me, so why are you overlooking the small stuff? I'm like, okay, all right. He says, because I'm in the small stuff. Okay, if you don't see the small stuff, you're not going to see the big stuff. So I sat and stared at the waves a lot those few days. But then he also said, like, can I maybe run these few days? Okay, I know you're keen to kind of get the most out of it. But can, can I just say what you must do, where you must go, and what you must read, and how to do it? I was like, okay, that's cool. And it was a beautiful journey of just letting God lead me into what He wanted to say to me through passages He led me to, the things I was carrying in my heart. Got there Sunday, stayed Monday. I was going to say Tuesday night. I was going to come only back on Wednesday. I really got everything out that I needed to do. No angel appeared to me. There was no glory moments. I dreamt. God spoke to me through things. But He just required a faithful heart to surrender to His way. And, so, and he just spoke to me quite plainly, quite clearly, and said, this is how we'll do it going forward. You don't have the full picture? Then it's okay. I'll lead you every step. Just follow me. Trust me. Trust me as we go along. So I only took fruit and nuts because I was going to fast. <laughs> On the Monday night, he said, we're going to get some food. Relax. Chill out, man. I was like, well, you know, fasting, you get closer. Like, you're close. Relax. <laughs> go and buy some food. I nailed that lasagna. It was awesome. <laughs> you see now some of the religious like you yeah you in the flesh there needing food i felt him say to me it's time to feast feast don't fast feast and then i even came home a day early because i was missing the family i mean it's so i came home i surprised the kids and went to pick them up from school you see the the walk with jesus is not as religious as you think it is okay it's really just walking and talking with him in your everyday life, just be with Him. Through the ups and the downs, He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. That's His promise to us. Because that's what Jesus did on earth. And I, I want to read an extract from a book that I read recently. A guy called George Mueller. You might have heard of him. He was an old German guy. Now, this is 1805 to 1870 time. So none of you were around. Not even Uncle Ken was there. Okay? <laughs> And you're catching him, Colin, very close. But the extract from this guy's book just struck me because George Mueller was a very, very determined man that eventually set up all these orphanages across the UK that had about something like 10,000 children in orphanages across the UK. He never asked for money. No one paid him a salary. And he just trusted God and God made a way for him. But there was something very key about his ministry. Uh, yes, his heart was pure, how he served the Lord. But I'll just read you this extract about what he says about being before the Lord every day and what he meant as he walked. And he says, according to my judgment, the most important point to be attended to is this. Above all things, see to it that your souls are happy in the Lord. Other things may press upon you. The Lord's work may even have urgent claims upon your attention. But I deliberately repeat, it is of supreme and paramount importance that you should seek above all things to have your souls truly happy in God Himself. Yeah. Now, I know you've experienced that. 21 days, you put your, put your stuff aside in your life, and you stop all the clutter. You, 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 every day, you feel your soul's happy. 
And this last week maybe hasn't felt too much of a happy soul because things and distractions come cluttering and banging your way. Day by day, seek to make this the most important business of your life. This has been my firm and settled condition for the last five and 30 years. They said wrong. It's 35 years, but that's maybe how they said it back then. Ken, five and 33 years. Okay. For the first four years after my conversion, I knew not its vast importance. But now after much experience, I especially commend this point to the notice of my younger brethren and sisters in Christ. The secret of all true effectual service is joy in God. Having experimental acquaintance and fellowship with God himself. Why is this the most important thing, he says? Why is daily happiness in God of supreme and paramount importance? One answer he gives is that it glorifies God. After telling about one of his wife's illnesses, he lost both of his wives, a lot of all his children, he, was, he outlived his whole family. When he was almost lost to, he said, I have stated this case so fully to show the deep importance to be satisfied with the will of God. The will of God. Not only for the sake of glorifying Him, but as the best way in the end, having given to us the desires of our hearts. Being satisfied in God is of supreme and paramount importance because it glorifies God. It shows that God is gloriously satisfying. There's nothing more satisfying than serving God. Than knowing that you're living in the will of God and walking according to His purposes for your life, that's your food. It will satisfy you. Jesus said those words, I said earlier. But there's another answer. Namely, that happiness in God is the only source of durable and God-honoring self-denial and sacrifice and love. In reference to lifestyle changes and simplicity, he says, imagine lifestyle changes in 1860. It was far less complicated than today, but there was still distraction. Today is a lot of distraction. He says, we, we should begin the thing in a right way, i.e., aim after the right state of heart. Begin inwardly instead of outwardly. If otherwise, it will not last. We shall look back and even, and even get into a worse state than we were before. But oh, how different if joy in God leads us to any little act of self-denial. How gladly do we do it then? See, it's a beautiful place to live a life of sacrifice. This is Romans 12. I offer my body as a living sacrifice. To the king of kings. People often ask me, but what is, what is God's will for my life? Romans 12, 1 to 2 says that answer. That if you press in and you worship Him and you transform your thinking by the power of His Spirit working in you, then you will know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of the Father over your life. So get before Him. Don't ask me. <laughs> I haven't written your book. Walk in the will of the Father. Now I want to touch on those two verses here this morning. Let's just turn there. John 5, verse 9. 19, sorry, and then John 8, 29. I just want to touch on those two. It says, John, John 5, 19. So Jesus, now Jesus is talking to the Pharisees because they've just, it, it says from 18, he says, this was, why, this was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling his own, calling his own father, God his own father, making himself equal with God. This was major trouble for the Pharisees. Who are you? 
to say that you are the son of God, making yourself equal. You've got to, you've got to get the context of the story here. This, there was, this was blasphemy. We're going to have to kill you because you don't get to say that. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he is doing in himself. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honored the father. Let's turn to chapter 8. And we'll read from 28. He's speaking about being the light of the world. So I'm just going to turn this fan off here. Because I'm using a paper Bible. Can you believe it? It's from verse eight, chapter 8, verse 28. It says, So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. And as He was saying these things, many believed in Him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and I will let you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham, and they keep going through this, and I love the one section, they, they, they basically said to him, who are you? Who are you? To say these things. I want to touch on this this morning, there's doing the will of the Father. Now, there's a key word that sticks out for me there, right? From, he says it in chapter, in chapter 5. Verse 19, he says, Truly I say to you, you, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. Okay, so what is the Father doing? What is he seeing? What is he taking note of around him? And I just want to pick out a few things from these verses and just touch on them a little bit. Yeah, firstly, yeah, what is very key is Jesus didn't come to earth just on his own little mission. I've come here, he said, to do the will of the Father. Not on his own accord. Here I am, here to save the day. Everyone listen to me. I'm the Son. You've got to abide in me. You've got to do all these things. He didn't do that. He did that because he was on the Father's mission. And that's that Jesus would humble himself. That he would position himself in such a way. How much more should we find what the will of the Father is for our lives? And to do his will, his mission here. On earth, not just our own thing. Because if you backtrack a little bit, why have you been created? Why have you been set here on earth? In his image. Because he's got a plan to prosper you. That's the most read verse. The plan to prosper you, Jeremiah 29, 11, To give you a hope and a future. People are crying out for this truth. Jesus showed us. Jesus was the perfect model for us to do the will of the Father. That's why he came. So he wasn't on his own mission. He was on the Father's mission. He only did... What he saw the Father do. So I really thought, well, what, what was he seeing? Because it would be wonderful to say, you know, well, how does that work? You know, I can see what you're doing. And I, think, I don't think it was this way around, and we would all love it to be this way. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. 
It's not that. We would love that. Just tell me what to do, and then I'll just do it for you. <laughs> it's not, he's not telling him what to do. He's saying, see what I'm doing. So what was he seeing? What would Jesus see? To do the will of the Father. You see, the work that Jesus was doing goes far beyond the physical realm, far beyond the external expression the law only had of that day, that it was all exterior, work hard to please the Father and to do all the law that he had required of them to do. This was a work of redemption. He came to to unlock the hearts, the hard, stony hearts of his people. Jesus came to the Jews, not to everyone. eh? Remember that. He only came to the Jews to unlock their hearts that were hardened by what the Lord created them to do. And so that people would respond to him as he was the only way to the Father. That's what he was in. That's his whole ministry was about this. And Jesus' ministry was to come and pay a price to give access to the Father and as priests to serve him, as I've said, as living sacrifices, us being a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's given us access to do here on earth. Our great high priest has done this. It's all a work of your heart that he unlocks, that he came to unlock. And I had a very interesting, um, I go through my iPad the other day and I saw this video clip. And the video clip is of me, Aiden, sitting in the back of the car with this one. And he was talking to me, but videoing me. And now, so I'll check the date. And it was actually, the, it was the 4th of February. It was the first day of our fast. And the things that had happened, I'd received an email from someone. It's just very hard to hear the stuff he was saying. It's from none of you. Okay, it's from over the ocean. There's things we're walking through here to try and understand. And it was around lunchtime, and we picked him up from school, and we sat at Blue Root Mall, and I said, oh, I don't feel like coming in. You're just running quickly, and I'll just wait here with him. And when you, when you sit in the car, you're either going to do a crossword on your phone, you're going to check something. And I remember I watched myself. I looked at my phone, and I put my phone down because... I could see myself burdened. I could see my heart was heavy with stuff. And Aiden's just talking, Dad, why is mom taking so long? I was like, I oh, know, boy, she's coming now. Don't worry, she'll be here now now. And I could see my eyes looking far, just my mind working, working. And it was quite eerie, actually, to watch yourself, that you know you haven't been videoed, but you're seeing your emotions coming through. As, and he didn't know what was going on. Aiden wasn't aware. And then I realized this is, what, this is what the Father was showing Jesus. He came to see a people burdened. He came to see a people that were bound by the law that he would, knew wouldn't ever set them free, but they were bound by it. And he had 30 years to watch. 30 years just to observe and to see what the Father was showing him. See the burdens of hearts. See the oppression of the people. See how the religious system has made people push down. See how they're treating everything in the temple. Watch. And he had 30 years just to watch. <laughs> he didn't just jump ahead. That, the, a few things there. Just think how he looks at you. Through all the things you walk through. And he sees your pure heart. And he sees the desires of your soul. But he sees... The stuff that's going on and around in your world. He reaches out to you. That's why he came. And the father kept affirming him as the son Jesus and showing him, these are the people you've come to set free. As he could see this burden, see the, 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 the stuff that was placed on them. And I think that's a very powerful aspect of how we look at this. Because if you walk around 
and I've, in the last years, I've really shown, felt God show me this. You walk around and you look at people. You see people in oppression. You can see people burdened. Burdened by the weight of sin. Burdened by the weight of condemnation, of shame and guilt that hovers over them. And they walk around. And as I say, when you get to like 45, 50, your face doesn't hide the life you've led. And you just see people, you're like, man. All crying out for an answer, for truth. That's why Jesus came. And that's what he saw. He saw the Father showing him the burdens on people's hearts. That's why he says, come to me. He drew all men to himself. Come to me because I will give you access to the Father. I will show you a greater way to be with him. And many believed. Many believed. One of these passages read today says, and many believed him on the words of his saying. We all sit here today on that position saying, we've believed. But there's another step now. Of seeing what the Father sees. As you go around and you are obedient to the voice of God in your life, leading and guiding you, He's going to show you what He sees. And He, and he works in and through your heart. You see, God had a son, had a, sorry, had a strategy through His Son. There was a plan in place here to send His Son that He would come and choose the least and make them great. I know many of you sit here and think, well, God, why would God use me? Well, what did Peter say? What did John say? What did all those guys say? The disciples, who were clearly the least of society in those days. Fishermen. Tax collectors. Tax collectors were really were part of the Jewish thing, but they partnered with the Roman government, basically taking money from the people and getting, taking high commissions. People didn't like them. Yet Jesus chose those guys. How much more for us? He's got a plan. He had a plan here for his son to come down and to draw these disciples to him and show him what he can do through a heart that just surrenders to the will of the Father and in trust. And he loved on sinners. Oh, he loved on sinners and they felt amazing around him. Do sinners feel amazing around you? Hmm. To my shame, I think I picked up Ella from a kid's party the other night and uh, as I arrived there, this one father that I've known over the years in schools and stuff, he was in his car, and the music was... And I was like, okay, fair enough, pal. That's good. It's 9 o'clock at night. We've been chilling. Get the kid home. Let's just chill out here. The next thing, I saw him. He was in the pool with all his clothes on. I'm like, that's a transition to there. Okay. But clearly, he had, a, he had enjoyed too much of the golden juice. It's, and I've said yeah, before, it's not apple juice. Okay. So we know him, so he gets out the pool. He's like, everyone's, hey, how's it? You know, and that, you know it's embarrassing. And he sees me, he's like, how's it? He's going to be giving me a big hug. I'm like, don't, don't touch me now, bro. Don't. And I actually, I pushed my arms and I pushed him away. And I was like, oh, that probably wasn't the right thing to do. But in the moment, you see, just don't annoy me now, bro. You're drunk. And it's just not fun to be around. You're embarrassing your daughter. I failed at that. But how would Jesus have responded to him? Jesus probably would have given me a big hug and said, get my clothes on. I don't care. Come here, man. This is awesome, buddy. Woohoo! Standing chat. So we chatted to him afterwards a little bit again. You see the little moments that we miss? It's just so, it's so, so small. And so then it eats in your conscience. Like, oh, freak, now I'm rude. And oh, my gosh. Like, it, was, it really didn't feel like that. The started at the gate. Someone commenting that I'm five minutes late and I'm never late. I'm like, who are you? Like... See you. Bye now. I was actually texting someone in the car, but I was here. It's 
Jesus just outstrips us all with this. And the church has been the worst with this, eh? Loving on those who just don't know what it is to feel loved. They don't know what it feels like and looks like. And that's why we need grace and grace and grace. Jesus did that. The strategy of the Son was to come and to love on sinners. To realize that all men can be drawn, and women can be drawn to God. Come to me, he said. How powerful is that? Dream people didn't. And now miracles were part and parcel of Jesus' ministry. He did them all. But you know what? It wasn't the miracles and the signs that actually led people to God. He said that so that you can marvel. Wow, wow. Miracles make you go, wow. Wow, that's amazing. But the whole point of the miracle wasn't to esteem Jesus' ministry. It wasn't how often did he say, tell no one. Tell no one. I love the one where he says to the guys, clean. Now go and present yourself to the priest so that you can be seen clean. He's still obeying the things of the day. Go and wash in the pool. Go and present yourself to the priest so you can see now that you're clean. Wow, okay, cool, I'm clean. But you know what the miracles are doing? There's only one reason for them. And that's to point people to the Father. Point them to the Father. The miracles were a work of a sign and a wonder of this must be the Son of God. And what did he do? He drew them to the Father. He's given access to us, to the Father. That's why we believe for these miracles. That's why we will always stand for financial breakthroughs and miracles, healings on your bodies that would be well. That's why He came. So we can live in the fullness of that. So I want to ask you, looking through those few things this morning, the few things there, of Jesus wasn't on His own mission. He only did what He saw the Father do. In the hearts of the people, there was a strategy of the Son. There's a call on your life to walk and do the will of the Father. Yeah, and miracles were part and parcel of Jesus' miracle. So you might ask yourself, well then, how do I be disobedient? Am I being disobedient if I can't hear the voice of God telling me where to go and what to do? Because He's not going to tell you where to go and what to do. He's going to help you to see. He's going to help you to see a people that are crying out desperate for an answer in the truth of who Jesus is. It's, it can happen here too. Just, just responding in love to one another. Just ministering, pouring out from what you have and giving unto people. And I think, you know, it's almost the contrast of obedience. It doesn't feel like disobedience here. It's not like if I'm being disobedient to God. Some people say, I don't be disobedient. I just can't hear what God is saying to me. You've, you've got to keep pressing in. But I, you know what blocks the hindrance from hearing the voice of God? It's sin and strongholds. It's sin and strongholds. And that's why I say right from the beginning, just keep coming and confessing. Come before the Father all the time. Jesus has made a way. He sees you. Just think He sees you. The things that you're walking through, just come and lay them before Him. He'll never, ever reject you. It's a beautiful process we have as the people of God. But Steve Morris asked you a question a few weeks back here. He asked, do you really love Jesus? Think, think about that. Easy. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Do you really love Jesus? I really had to pause. and like, I went away that week. And, like, and that's almost been a question that I've, over the last few years, because what's happened for me, you see, when you step up to have to lead a church here, and we stand together here, what got me through before wasn't good enough. I had, to, I had to bring more discipline into my life. Not that I wasn't disciplined before, but if I needed more, I, ne- I needed to spend more time in prayer. I needed to spend more time in the Word. 
I needed God to work deeper into my heart all the more. What, what got me through before wasn't good enough. And it tested me, well, did I do it just out of gifting and just flow because I just had a pure heart and it was all good? Or did I do it because I loved Jesus or love Jesus? Do I serve him because I love him or because he's given me a gift? Do I serve him because it's just, this is what I do? It all starts with a love, a love of the Son Jesus that has led us to the Father. And you've got to really go and answer that question. Because, you see, if, if you are not hearing His voice, then either there is that sin or strongholds in your life that's holding you back. See, and here's the thing, here's the, here's the grace countenance of that. You can't actually work it out because sin's not also going to hold you back from pressing into God. There are many ministries where there will be hidden sin in people's lives and then it's exposed 20 years down the line. But why was there blessing on that ministry? Because the gifts are irrevocable. He works through it. See? And that's what he's asking of us. But all he's saying is just hear my voice. Now also, if you don't know what he's saying to you, then what did he first say to you? It might have been 10 years ago. He's not going to tell you next until you do that. You've just got to be obedient. And it might look ridiculous. It might, no, no, I could never say that to them. Why would you want me to do that? Or oh, I'll never do that. Or It's just simple obedience and hearing his voice. Because you've started to see what the Father sees. And as he starts showing you what he sees, you are drawn by a compassion and a love that the Son builds into your heart to do these things. So here's the question. Do you see what the Father is doing? Do you see what's happening around the world? Do you see the work the Lord is doing? Because He holds all things. Yep. Is in this community. Can you see what the Lord's doing? Do you see, you see the longing in people's hearts around in this world? In, our, in your communities, in your sphere of influence, you see the longing on their hearts to know the truth. You're that influence. You're that influence in their world. So what I said right from the very beginning, understand the values of the kingdom. Because integrity in your business will lose... In, if you don't have integrity in your business, you'll lose integrity with people that you deal with. The values of the kingdom give you influence into walking into people's lives and just drawing them slowly but surely. We had an amazing opportunity with one of Ella's uh, friend's moms. And it just, it, just, it just highlighted to me again, there's a maturity in believers that the world out there doesn't have. We're just talking about raising your daughter. And the thing... Her mouth was like talking to Kathleen like, how do you know these things? It's not like we've studied and read books. The Spirit will lead you into all things. He will show you what to do. And I'm like, there's an opportunity. If we ran a parenting course here, we'd invite them. Say, come, we'll give you some advice on how to raise your children. Not Christian bashing. Truth. And they will be embraced. Well, how, just imagine how it will affect your life. That's why we've got to, we've got to step up. In this time, because God's calling us to say, there are many people who desire these things that you carry. Do you see what the Father sees? The desperation in people to know how to deal with their finances. Just people are clueless in their marriages. Just difficult times in their marriages. We can help them. You agree with me? We're going to help them. But you've got to do the work yourself too. To find that life. 
And you see, there's, there's a move of authenticity and transparency. Chris Vallotton was saying this the other day. There's a move of authenticity and transparency that's going around the world. The America now have got a president that just says it as it is. I don't know. This is what it is. And it offends everybody. Whether you like him or hate him, that's not the issue here. This is not a political stage. Okay? But there's, there is this move that God is doing, and the counter that the enemy is doing is the spirit of offense. Because look, everything somebody does, no, you can't say that. This party and this group or this thing are complaining that that's racist or that's that. Watch it. Watch in the news. Everybody's being offended by everybody. So you've got to be politically correct. You've got to be careful what you're saying, careful how you do it, because you can't have this, you can't have... See, it's, it's, not, it's not God's kingdom, that, at all. There's no offense here. We just walk on together. We're not offended that Andy broke three, two strings this morning. Like, bro, you let us down here, dude. But if he's at a rock concert, and people have paid money for that ticket, there would have been offense. I want my money back. Come play your guitar, yeah? Different thing. So you've got, to, you've got to realize what the enemy is doing to counter a move of God. Can you see what the Father's doing around the world today? Can you see how the nations are shaking? You see it all happening? See what he's doing? He's using us. We're a part of that. Your conversations at work when they speak about the government, do you fall into the negative trap? Oh, shucks, you know. No, no, we, we really believe God can do something in our nation. He's the only hope we have. People always look at me. Well, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he's the only hope we have. Yeah, that's true, eh? Sure, wow. And the conversation ends because they can only harbor in negativity. They don't have positivity to say. Hmm. And do we see the genuine hearts of believers? This is another thing I was just struck by this week. The genuine hearts of believers around the world and in our communities and in our cities who generally are wanting to do the good things and the right things for God, but in their traditions and in the way they do it, they maybe don't experience the life that we do. So I've been in conversation with someone this week and they're looking to help, kind of we need someone to come and help lead us and do that kind of thing. Have you got like connections? I'm like, well, it's all relationally that we build. You don't always employ someone just to come and do it. So relationally would be your, your best way. And they're very traditional. The way that I walked away and I thought, is God's blessing on these guys? Because they do it so traditionally, but his heart was so pure. He just loves the church, but he's not seen and experienced more. We can't hold judgment there. We can't hold any judgment. You know, you guys are just missing it there. It's not. We'll never have any unity if we're going to say, you've got less, we've got more. They're telling you're doing it wrong. We say you're doing it wrong, and you're going to end up with nothing. God, God is slowly starting. It's taking years, but he's knitting the body of Christ together. It'll stand. And the prophecy by Bob Jones actually said, in the years to come, unity will look like this. If you pick on one, you pick on them all. If someone picks on our Methodist friend here, we're all going to go, ha, 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 ha. That's what it must look like. Stand together. But there's no judgment, you see. See what the Father sees? He sees the hearts of those people desiring to actually serve Him and His purposes. But but they're they're just limited for more. And He still blesses them. But that we get to experience the more, we get to press in more and more. And desire God to work us out in our everyday lives. And interestingly, in that passage today, I'll wrap up with this. This is probably the longest preach I've given in a long time. Eh? That Jesus says in those words there, he says, verse 20 from chapter 5, he says, And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. Now he's talking about himself. God says, I'm going to do greater works so that you will marvel. 
then what does it mean when Jesus says to them in John 14 to his disciples, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do. He's just basically saying, the Father told me this, I'm just telling you the same thing. Because I'm now going to the Father. I've done my job here. Okay, it's all done. We're going to pay a price for this. and It's going to set you free. And then you can do, by the Spirit, you can do all that I did. Whatever you ask in my name, this will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Who does it point to? The Father. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. How's that for a promise? If you ask me anything, not ask me with a attachment and how it's going to look. Ask me anything in my name and I'll do it. Sure, it's got to come from a place of a pure heart. Come from a place of seeing, walking in the will of the Father. Pouring it out to you because you're walking in step with what He wants you to walk in step. And then the blessing flows. The anointing flows. Amen? Let's stand together. I wasn't going to want to pray for our country in that today. But we're out of time here. I want to just hover here a little bit. I want to ask you, if you, this, this today, okay, can just take some time, five or ten or two minutes or whatever, and pray for this country, okay? And because we, we are partnering with that hashtag pray for sa movement that's happening around. So there are millions of people. Yes, we gather today as churches across this nation. But every third of the third, fourth of the fourth, fifth of the fifth, we're going to pray for our nation. Okay, we can maybe wrap up with praying for that and how we kind of do it, yeah. Anyway, but I want you to, let's close our eyes. And I want you, when I ask that question now, do you see what the Father sees? Because Jesus said that. He says, I only do everything that I see the Father do. Can you see what the Father's doing? Do you want to partner with what the Father is moving here on earth? He holds all things in His hands. He's looking for vessels that will be the instruments to bring the words of truth. To bring the words of life. To bring the words of breakthrough into people's hearts and lives. To speak out words of faith over circumstances that see a change happening. To speak out words of wisdom over how to raise your children. To speak words of wisdom on how to manage with your finances. Do you see what the Father sees? And are you willing to walk with what He sees you doing for Him and His kingdom? So Lord Jesus, we want to thank You that You are our great shepherd. You are the perfect model of what it showed us to be in step with what the will of the Father looks like over our lives. I pray over every single person here this morning, Lord, that we walk in this place of assurance that I'm doing what the Father has called me to do. It could be as simple as cleaning someone's home and ministering to that family. It could be as simple as helping to run a shop with a lady that you get to minister to. It could be as simple as being a waiter or a waitress that you get to impart joy to people in that place. It could be simple, as simple as going to a, a work every day and dealing with your colleagues and just speaking words of life. It could be as simple as helping your, your, your child raise their child because they're too busy at work. And as the grandmother, you draw on the child, you serve your family. It can be as basic as that. It can also be as simple as being a member of parliament and having to make decisions over a country. You could be a CEO of a multinational company. The question is, are you doing the will of the Father? So Lord, we pray that you would help us with no condemnation and no guilt and no need to perform now to find these things. 
Help us to walk in step with you. Jesus, we thank you that you showed us that. 30 years you just observed and you watched. Help us, Lord, in our spheres of influence, not to be gunno and jump to conclusions, but to sit and watch and ask, what are you seeing here, Father? What do I see you doing here in the hearts of people around me? What do I see you doing in the circumstance? And then he leads and directs you with words of truth and life. And there will miracles will take place, but people will be drawn to the Father. So Lord, we thank you that you are teaching us this in this season to be your kingdom ambassadors here on earth. And I pray for us, every one of us now, as we go from here, we will see the world crying out. We will see people's needs. We don't Bible bash. We love on people. Help us in our spheres of influence, in our own families, Lord, to love, to love and love. Thank you that the greatest weapon we have is love. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just take two minutes? And I want to pray for this country. Okay, and there's, there's been a lot of words going out of late of um, praying for this nation. A man called Dr. Arthur Frost recently put out a, a, a talk on the strategy to pray for our country. I want us to do, do a few things quickly. Firstly, we're going to repent of the iniquities and repent of the sinful things that have happened over our land. Okay, we've got to take, and that's why, you know, all, people say, oh, we're always repenting. You know, well, they're always sinning. Okay, so we've got to keep coming before God and saying we repent of the iniquities and they cleanse our land on behalf of those you've put in, in, in leadership over this nation who have offered blood sacrifices over this land. Father, we pray and we, okay, so we've got to come from that position. We repent from our evil ways. And we take uh, um, you know, cognizance of what's happening. Then, uh, secondly, I want us to pray for the leadership. But we pray for the salvation of the leadership of this nation. Okay? Pray for the leaders from every facet. You might know MPs. You might know counselors in areas. Break it down to all spheres. Leadership. Counselors to premiers to ministers of the, the different departments of government and even our president and deputies. We pray for that. Secondly. Thirdly, that we're going to bind the strong man and this demonic spirit over this land. Okay? I'll walk you through this. Okay, and then we pray that God, through His Word, will release His angelic over this nation. Okay, so the, the angelic is motivated and moved by the Word of God. Okay, so the words in your mouth are as powerful, and the words of Jesus through your mouth are as powerful as they were through Jesus' mouth. Okay, so we're going to declare that over our nation, and we're going to praise God for the victory that He's giving us over our land. Okay, because it is shaking and it's taking place. So let's just, let's just pray in the Spirit a little bit. for We'll just do this for two minutes, but we stand in unity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Help Him to see. Now see what the Father sees. See what He sees over this nation. And you pray into that. And you speak into that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's just walk into a time of repentance where we pray and the, uh, of the, and the cleansing over this land from all the iniquities and the sins that have um, from generational curses that have happened over this land and all the sacrifices that have taken place of the demonic. Just ask for forgiveness. Say, God, see this land. Lord, we've stepped out of line. Lord, we want to thank you that there is a place where we can come to and ask for forgiveness. We can, we can repent on behalf of the things that have happened over this nation, Lord Jesus. Father, we come with humble hearts. 
We come before you, Jesus, asking that you would do a move over this land, Lord Jesus. The things that have been offered to the kingdoms of darkness, Lord, to bring power to people's minds, to bring power to their spheres of influence, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you that in the name of Jesus, we can come to you with humble hearts and repent for what's taken place over South Africa. Lord, we do that because we know there's a constant drive that has been driven away from the things of our God in this land. And we want to draw people back to the truth of who you are, Father. And we speak repentance over every heart. Let's just raise our voices for our leadership in the government that you know. Father, we want to thank you. We pray for their salvation, Lord. We want to pray, Lord Jesus, that you would draw all men unto yourself, that they'd be drawn to the glory of the Father that is the head over this nation, that Jesus, you and Father, you rule over the nations of this world. We thank you, Jesus, that we can call out with one voice and in unity for you to work and move over this land. I pray for the hearts of men and women that are leaders over this nation, Lord. We pray you would arrest their attention, Lord. We pray that have Damascus experiences like Paul did, Lord, where you had an agenda, but that the enemy was utilizing. Father, we want to break those schemes of the enemy and we want to stand together in the power and the love of Jesus to say arrest them arrest their hearts Lord thank you that it's the kindness of God that leads us to salvation it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance father we pray that as the body of Christ we would rise up together Lord with one voice would draw men to the truth and the love of who you are Jesus Christ Jesus Christ so father we want to take authority over the enemy over this land we bind the strong man we bind the demonic spirits over this nation. We take authority over the assignments that have been set over this land to bring destruction, to break down society, to break the cycles of family. We break the power and the schemes of the enemy, Lord. And as one voice, as millions of people pray across this land today, Father, we pray, hear our cry. Hear our cry, Lord Jesus, that as the authority that's been given us as the believer to take authority over the enemy, we say in the name of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you for the plans that you've got for this nation. And we stand together as one. So, Father, now through your word, we want to declare that over this nation, Lord Jesus, your word would go forth. We thank you that your word goes forth and never returns void. It will always work on behalf. So, Father, we want to pray that as we declare your truths, the angelic realm is set into action. The angelic realm is set into action over this nation. Thank you, Jesus, that you seated reigning over all. And you laugh in the heavens as the nations try their things. Lord, you laugh at all of it because you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. So, Father, we speak as your word goes forth. It would work in might and it would work in power. We thank you, Lord, that when the righteous lead, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. Father, we pray there will be dancing in the streets. We pray righteousness would prevail over this nation, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's just thank you for the victory. We thank you for the victory. Hallelujah. Thank you for the victory. We stand in the victory of who Jesus is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You paid the price for all. Hallelujah. We stand in the truth of your word. Oh, we glorify you, Jesus. Oh, we honor you. We honor you. And all God's people shouted, Amen. Amen. You see it? Amen. Amen. What a joy it is to live and to serve from victory, from glory, from faith. That's where we live from. So go and see what the Father sees. Go and see what He sees in every heart. And you bring light and life to the hearts of the people that you're around with. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you.